From the heart of trucker America, my boy Reed Coverdale, host of The Naturalist, Capitalist. As the left becomes less religious, they become more statist. And as the right becomes more religious, they still become more statist. Whenever you add government, you by default remove community. But it actually starts with Bush, right? Like in 2006. That'd be the most satisfying, like, chair shot. And I have no intention of keeping any promise that I make. The radical messaging is almost more pragmatic sometimes. It's bad that the state is as big as it is. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Naturalist Capitalist. This is the sixth installment of The Four Horsemen. We've somehow made it this far without getting removed. But I just want to point out, uh, I am also on Odyssey now. So don't just subscribe to me on YouTube. Go over to Odyssey as well, because I don't know how much longer they're going to let me stick around here. But as always, we've got my friend Eric Jackman on the show. How you doing, Eric? Howdy, Reed. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, you might even hear from Bill Clinton today because we're talking to a really interesting guy from England. <laughs> and as always, we got the third horseman, Ryan Dawson or Cactus Ray Pepstein. How you doing, Ryan? How'd you say that name again? <laughs> Cactus Ray Pepstein, right? <laughs> and we got a nice, we got a nice little cactus form right here. <laughs> And our special guest, the fourth horseman. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Sean Atwood. How you doing, Sean? Oh, doing phenomenal, guys. And really appreciate you inviting me on. And it's great to speak to Ryan. Um, we've both been embattled recently, and I've not had a good chat with him in a while. So really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, so your YouTube just got removed and then reinstated, right? With like 700,000 subscribers, something like twice. that. Twice. Twice. <laughs> What happened there? What, what was the deal? They, did it, they took you down two times and back two times? Yes, we got terminated twice. So was the, the final. It, it was not unexpected um, that this could happen to us because we did get, well, I had 13 years of no infractions. And then all of a sudden, I got a warning over a trailer, got a strike over a trailer, ran it by the team, ran it by a cyberbullying expert. Cyberbullying expert said, these videos do not constitute cyberbullying. Lost my appeals. So I thought something weird is going on here. So we did brace for the full three strikes and we had an action plan to put in place. But when it actually happened, you know, your stomach stinks, uh, stink sinks. And um, it's it's quite a thing after you've put all this sweat and blood into the channel for so many years to, to have no channel. But God bless the viewers and the followers and the lovely people of the world because they rose up and they were lobbying at team youtube on twitter and for four or five days of how, however long this drama lasted i really felt all of this love and support coming in and it, it, it lifted my spirits back up and, and it achieved the reinstatement of the channel now you never ever know what has actually happened behind the scenes because they won't explain it to you as it was getting closer to the first termination, following the uh, the lead of Ryan, I, I travelled to Google headquarters in London, oh, yeah. and um, spoke to the security person who went and spoke to someone at the desk and came back and just gave me this card, contact Google support. <laughs> but what we think happened is that artificial intelligence 
struck the channel down because a lot of the words we use in our videos that were struck parallel the kind of words that you see in QAnon and conspiracy channels, uh, Satanism, human trafficking, organ trafficking, that kind of stuff. And we believe that with all of the lobbying and the successful appeal that a human being then looked at the situation and restored the channel. Because we did get a notification from YouTube saying, yeah, you're not in violation of cyberbullying. We've restored your channel. But they don't you know, explain how any of it happened. So I'm thinking, yay, party time now. Celebrate. And I was on a high after the channel getting reinstated. Woke up the next day, exact same thing. Holy shit. All these messages on my phone. Your channel's gone again. I was like, oh, no. Now what are we going to uh. do? So I looked in my email box, and all these strikes had come in. It was like another like a robot. On the first it, date right? was terminated. There was a bunch you of check strikes. by the minute and see that some robot went through and just hit all yeah. these videos. Yeah, and again, it's all a bunch of strikes, all a bunch of strikes. So I just resubmitted the same appeal and saying, "Look, I just went through this. Team YouTube are getting hit up again with all of the followers saying what's going on." And it got reinstated later that day. So the whole fiasco lasted for about four or five days. I had no channel. So have you uh, uh, expanded your uh, – are you on, like, anything else, like Odyssey or Rumble or anything? Or Well, it took quite a considerable time loading all of my content. I mean, I had so many videos. onto. It took four hard drives. Yeah. And we had to delete from the channel all the content that was triggering the algorithm, which totaled 60 million views. Holy shit. And we've had, we've had to pledge that we wouldn't uh, be covering that genre in the future on YouTube. So presently, you know, we are abiding by everything that we've promised, but we are exploring other platforms where we can be a bit more aggressive in our reporting. You might as well auto pack it on Odyssey. You can still use YouTube. It'll just automatically copy what you're doing somewhere else. So if it ever goes down again, they'll all be in another place. Yeah, I tried to do that with the other platform. What's it called? Um, that's been around for a couple of years. Where you just, yeah, yeah. But the transfer, just it, it was like getting stuck and it just wouldn't go through. So I'm not sure what happened there. But we do have it all on the hard drive. So it's good to go. And my cameraman's got all the podcasts backed up on his system. So we've got all the content. I mean, the good news was, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, uh, while all this was going on, I got signed up by an agent for the Chinese YouTube, Billy Billy. And they, some YouTubers have been signed up uh, for Billy Billy and now getting more views and followers over there because of, just by virtue of the Chinese population size. Mm -hmm. I don't think well, I've ever heard, heard it's of that. also they don't shadow ban you. Yeah, so, it's, a, you know, it's a stock because market videos trading are in company, English, Billy Billy. your audience is English, right? Yeah. So it's just the algorithm isn't pumping the brakes on you anymore. That's all that happens. So they will translate. The agent will translate all my videos into Chinese for this platform. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it's, can you it's, monetize it's that too? It's, or? It's yeah, it can be monetized. And they told me that the YouTubers that they've worked with are getting more in ad revenue from Billy Billy than from YouTube. That'd be easy for me. I never got a cent from YouTube. Yeah, you should look into it. Revenue, revenue from China. Revenue from China. I'm sure Joe Biden would be all over that. Him and Hunter <laughs> with the laptop from hell, Sean. You know, we all know about the laptop from hell, don't we? There's well, three this is one of the, top, this is one of the subjects that the algorithm is is uh, targeting is is the laptop subject. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. For the reason they you let got you know that they let you know what you can't say. Well, I've got other people who, who similar things have happened to, and they've sent me lists of their videos that got the strikes, and they included uh, Biden's, you know, and I took that stuff down before I got struck on that. Yeah, it's voter fraud, um, Corona, Satanism, anything with Israel, like anything criticizing the left or the people that rule, and even Epstein stuff can get you yeah, in trouble. Yeah, Epstein stuff was yeah. the most stuff we got struck for. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure I was to blame for some of that. <laughs> By the way, I'm super yeah, careful. You, are, you, you got making jokes about it, like, well, this will get banned, and then it did. Yeah, something the, else. By the way, Ryan, with uh, with Sean having his supporters get you back up, I've been trying on Twitter, but there just aren't enough people. See, I'm banned on Twitter too, so I can't yeah. rally people over on Team right. YouTube oh, on Twitter. Sucks. Yeah, and I had a bigger I, Twitter than Sean, but they yeah. took it away six times, so I just gave up on that. Yeah, I, I got banned on Facebook the day before all this happened, so I knew something was going on. <laughs> but I appealed yeah, it. Like I appealed it and won, and they put me back up. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I just got banned on Facebook myself for a meme I shared two years ago. You know, on Facebook, when someone sends you a friend request, it says, yeah. you know, Sean Atwood has sent you a friend request. Well, it's Hillary Clinton, and it says Hillary has sent you a suicide request. Oh, you know, God. and it was it was just a funny meme that I put up two years ago. And uh, about two weeks ago, my Facebook got shut down for a month. My Jackman radio page got wow. taken down. So that's all in review right now, and I'll find out in a couple of weeks if I'm ever going to get it back. But um, yeah, For it's, a it's, joke it's, from two years ago. From two years yeah. ago, yeah, because they've changed their policies. You can't joke about suicide anymore. Or that's oh, I, got, I, got, I got like our right. bands for stuff from like 2011 and stuff. And there was so much that had written back when you were allowed to, you know, have free speech. Yeah. That as soon as that 30 day went up, another one started, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you said something about Mark Twain or whatever, or you made the mean thing about Lincoln. I'm like, I did a lot of that. And then eventually they just got rid of the whole thing. I couldn't contact my family members or anything because they're all on there and I'm in Japan. And I'm like, y'all need to get off Facebook. Like, why can't you be on Facebook? Like, uh, not too listen to anything I do. Yeah, Eric, I got a warning, not a suspension, but it was for the same thing. It was uh, it was just this meme and it was uh, someone saying, suicide, hi suicide hotline, how can I help you? And then it was Hillary on the other end saying, I'd like to place an order. And it, oh, boy. <laughs> Well, those, those those Clintons, Sean. We got to we got to ride and we read. We got to be careful for those Clintons, man. You know they're. Uh, yeah. You, you think Bill's read your book, Sean, about being the cocaine warlord in Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> I got two of them right here. There's a whole series of them now, and just learning, you know, about how the CIA trafficking operation was protected by the state police, and Bill was in charge of that, and then that his brother got arrested by an undercover cop. Roger. Saying that saying that Bill had a nose like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I'll tell you, Roger. Roger's a smart guy, Sean. He's an apt businessman. Okay, he knows what he's doing. He's a great guy. It's not that I like cocaine, Sean. I like the way that it smells. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've done you've done some essential work, Sean, on the Clintons. And um, are you you're probably familiar with the story of Danny Williams? No, go on. I might so be, that, but remind me. So he has, it's alleged that he's Bill Clinton's son uh, through a prostitute. Yes, in Arkansas. yes, yes, yes. Going, going back. Um, Alex I think Jones brought Russian disinformation. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger Stone was a big proponent of that during the election. And, you know, Alex Jones is like, we're here. We got Bill Clinton's son here, Danny Williams. I mean, look at the teeth. Look at the hairline. That all looks, it all lines up. He's got to be his son. Infowars.com. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, Danny Williams is, is an interesting case. But um, yeah, people are, are just, um, they have a hard time. I'm sure Hunter's like, got a few kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they have a hard time um, accepting the reality of, of Bill Clinton being this, you know, cocaine warlord going back to the 70s and 80s in Arkansas. And, um, you know, you've done done a lot of great work on that. So what's yeah. something you could you could tell people who might not be aware of that, where they could start into looking into that stuff? Well, I interviewed Pablo Escobar's son, and he's a very somber-faced individual. But he did crack up laughing when they asked him one particular question. And that was, who was the biggest drug trafficker in the 1980s? Your dad? Oh, George H.W. Bush. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, he concurred that it was the latter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Clinton was training the pilots that were bringing drugs out of Nicaragua and bringing guns in. That was yeah, all out of me. Yeah, American Made was really Terry watered Reed. down. That was a watered down version of that whole story. With Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's a movie, but I mean, at least they touched on it. There was that part in the film where... He gets off the phone with the governor and says, you're free to go. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. Yeah, I spoke right. to Barry, Barry Seal's Seal son. Train, was trained by David Ferry. Oh, his son's around? I spoke to Barry Seal's son after the movie. Barry Seal's son actually gave me a quote for this. That's right. And he said it was um, really captures the big picture of my dad's story. So, yeah, he um, you know was impressed that the, it got to the big screen, but we all agree that it was completely whitewashed you know, the actual stuff that happened and what was the conclusion? The CIA gets to investigate itself. And that's, that's what led me to Epstein was because the CIA got to investigate itself and then Southerner Transport and Air America filed bankruptcy and they'd been moved by Epstein and Wexner over to Ohio. And that's what brought me. It was, the, it was researching the war on drugs that led me to Epstein being part of that click and all the people on the youtube channel when epstein got arrested just inundated me with the question what do you think is going to happen to this guy so i, I did a video i said will bill clinton uh, have um epstein killed to avoid lolita scandal that was prior to his demise and then my channel kind of came came this go-to place for epstein news but because we had 60 million views on those videos Obviously, once you get so many views on a certain subject matter, it becomes a problem for powers that be. Mm -hmm. Right. It becomes problematic. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, Ryan's, the stuff that Ryan has contributed to that genre, you know, when I'm, when I'm putting these books together and going over what he actually was saying, it, it's so well-researched and so thorough. It's, it's mind-blowing the depths that he goes to versus a lot of other people. It's all on the top of my head, too. Because yeah. I'm not one of these people that learned about this last year. And I try and yeah. stress it to some people that have kind of uh, Israeled my work to be like, I've been talking about this. It's just there wasn't – I can never get my head above water. Like the biggest my channel ever was was about 81,000. And um, any time I get around the 70 or so, it they would get rid of it. And I couldn't even write stuff. I was writing a lot about Epstein on the forums back before like MySpace and Facebook took over. And a lot of people used to read those. I mean, we have like half a million reads and things. And then that got hit uh, with like Russian spam bops that I couldn't get rid of. So I had to freeze it wow. all. 
and it's archived now like we've it took us forever to clean that up and stuff and i had to change his name to a nickname so you couldn't search and find and try and hit it and it was something else but it's like very, it was very vindicating to get on sean's show and then on eric's show and others and finally get to talk about this like after he got arrested i was like told you you know and i said we're i said maxwell was gonna hide in the u.s because i knew she had a husband and all that and, and i was correct on that too but it was like i was worried every time i went on a show i was like biting my lip and going mm, don't say that <laughs> don't say that either because <laughs> i didn't want to get it uh canned and right. it's really frustrating to have to self-censor like that you should be you can't even say the r word you couldn't say rape you know and uh, like my name, Cactus Ray at Pepstein. <laughs> you couldn't say things, and it's really debilitating to have a conversation when you're like tiptoeing around certain words and stuff, and you can only go but so deep into the mega group because that's the real Epstein's the uh, you know a player, but the bosses, the people that financed them, the Wexners and Co., and where that all started from, like going back to Barry Seals, trained by David Ferry, they were training the anti Castro Cubans for the Bay of Pigs. The air support was there. You get the opposite story. Oh, Kennedy didn't send air support. That's not true. It's the ground support that never rose. And that's because they didn't have any of those weapons because they had been diverted to Israel. And that's the story they'll never tell you. But like, they didn't have any guns. So there was no help coming. And they've been diverting this path of weapons to Israel since the 50s, at least. I mean, they stole uranium from the United States. That should have been one of the biggest scandals ever. We have a country that now has nuclear weapons that's not subject to any sort of inspections and that accuses all their neighbors of having WMDs when they don't. And they stole it from the United States. It effectively created the entire Cold War because if we didn't have the Soviets that were given this tech in exchange for uh, immigrants to go to Israel, then they, none of this would have happened. There never would have been a Bay of Pigs. I mean, they were willing to let us blow each other up to get more weapons to conquer Palestine. And these are the kind of things you can, I would never say on Sean's channel. Reed doesn't care. So, <laughs> Reed, you got to be careful, man, because everything anyone says, even on a live stream, even if you delete it or edit it out, you are held liable for. So, the strikes that came down on my videos that got the channel terminated, the, the majority of them were on videos that have been deleted ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. I well, got I'm... the same thing. Something I, somebody said the N-word in one of my streams. He was drunk. He was calling me that. He wasn't even racist, but I was like, damn it, dude. Now I have to race this whole video. And I did. And I still got a strike for it months later, or like a year later almost. I said, yeah. that video doesn't even exist. What is this video? I had to go find the bit shoot copy and go, What did we say? Oh, damn. Yeah. You know, it's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, but the real reason is they're just looking for an excuse to shut people up that are speaking truth to power because yeah. you can hear other people say certain words and you can have all the nonsense videos on 9-11 you want you can have all the nonsense videos on epstein you want but when you have a serious one on either one of those subjects that or all the things you were saying you know, like satanism and all that if you have something serious and non-kooky they will hammer you so fast because that threatens power yeah, well, I mean, I've been successful mostly. I mean, half, at least half of my success has just been from having you on all the time. So if I get nuked for it, you know, whatever. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Like I, I think you're safe till you get like in the tens of thousands, and then they they don't bother with all the smaller channels. But as soon as you get a little bit bigger, that you are gonna have to face that. But it won't yeah. matter. You'll be on Odyssey by then anyway. It'll, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
was kind of yeah. I love the uh, video, Sean, of you when you went to Ghislaine Maxwell's house, and I actually went to her house here in New Hampshire. So I live about forty-five minutes where she was busted here in New Hampshire, oh, wow. and um, my brother and I and Jason Burmis went out to her house the day after the FBI was there. We could see their tire marks and everything, and I'll tell you, it was real remote out there in the woods. And there was a journalist from the Guardian coming down the driveway. Did, did you wrap and, your phones in tinfoil? Yeah, I was totally wrapped in tinfoil. My whole body was. I looked like a Klondike bar. But, um, you know, it was it was just surreal going out there. And it, just remind, it reminded me of that video when you knocked on Ghislaine Maxwell's door and, and the door opened. And you were like, oh, there's the staircase that Prince Andrew took the picture with Virginia Gouffray. And it I was, was like, just James, this. James, get the banister, get the banister. Yeah, get the, the yeah, yeah. Like, Did you like, notice she's yeah, suing him? Prince Andrew's being sued, and they dropped a lawsuit on August 10th, the anniversary of when Epstein didn't kill himself. I thought that was pretty base of her. (laughs) I hope they get Dershowitz, too. Underwear on or not. Guy's such a scumbag. It sucks, man. There's like uh, nowhere you can... It's so hard to cover this stuff. You can barely even write about it, much less make a video about it. And... I'm sort of afraid to mention it on other people's shows. If they have a really big show, I'm like, it isn't worth losing your, everything you do. Like just please get off YouTube and then we can speak freely. Patreon, same problem. I mean, they'll ban you too, but Odyssey seems to be pretty good. And BitChute doesn't have live streams, but Odyssey does and PeerTube does. So I'm happy to do things over there, but it's going to, it's going to take free market solutions because the government is not going to regulate Google. They get too much money from them. Um, there's not this section 230 nonsense. They'll talk about it for, I'm not going to do anything. The only real solution, which isn't what people want, but it's the reality is start using other platforms. Yeah. And they're going to take a little while. MySpace by going to Facebook Mm -hmm. and you need to kill Facebook by going to VK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a little while. It's not going to instantly happen. That's the other thing. Like everyone wants it to happen overnight, but I mean, it took a while for other things to take off too. So Bitchute's viable now. I mean, they got quite an audience, but YouTube's so far ahead. But, you know, MySpace used to be like the fourth biggest site on the internet. There's like Google and Yahoo, something, and then MySpace. And now it's a whole generation of people never even heard of it. Who's the second biggest one after YouTube? Yeah. I mean, YouTube. Who's the second biggest one after YouTube? Um, Well, MySpace was bigger than YouTube because it came out. No, I mean, now, presently. Oh, now? Yeah. Bitchute, for sure. Yeah, Bitchute. but BitChute doesn't live stream. Odyssey and Rumble. Yeah, Odyssey's growing because they monetize now and with dollars, not just crypto, and they have live streams. The only downside of, and there's DLive, but DLive will ban people. They And as soon as DLive did that, everyone left. They're like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so got banned? Well, I'm not safe here. I'm going to Odyssey, right? Right. Odyssey seems to be committed to not censor things unless you're actually promoting violence or breaking the law, you know, and that's not the case on YouTube. They're like, I don't like what you said. Delete, you know, Yeah. someone has accused you of a nasty thing. Delete, you know, they don't even check. So I think BitChute's great to archive on. But if you're a live streamer, you definitely want to be on Odyssey. If you're just doing videos and you're not live streaming and you don't depend on that revenue, then BitChute has a bigger audience. But it takes a while. If you're doing three-hour shows like Sean can do, it'll take a while to upload on BitChute. But if you're in the privilege class, it goes quickly. Like, I'm on that privilege list on BitChute. I could probably get you on the list where you can upload fast. But they can't do that for everybody. They just don't have the... 
and in the uk they're already starting to get regulated and getting in trouble so if i was to start all over i would do it all on odyssey what does it take to get monetized on odyssey just you get hook it up to like a stripe account or what have you yeah i know the guy i think you just them. need like a thousand views or it's real low bar like yeah. really yeah, low i know bar. the guys who run odyssey they'd love to have you on there so they, they I actually talked to him about it i said because when you and i were talking about peer tube i go i don't know maybe he'll come to odyssey because he had been banned and then not banned and banned again i go well and they're like yeah we'd love to have him they knew who you were and everything so you yeah, probably we just get monetized filmed, we just filmed yeah. david Ike part three but we got nowhere to place it <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, honestly. yeah I, I had a, I had David Ike on my show, Sean. And that that got taken down off YouTube like right quick. You don't, yeah, you don't want to put that anywhere, man. That that's a like surefire way to get nuked, real quick. Yeah, Ike. Yeah, I, I met David Ike. Um, he he was in New York City in 2016. And in one weekend, I hung out with Jesse Ventura and then David Ike back to back in one weekend. Oh, that's so cool. And awesome. uh, yeah, and and they they had beef before because you know Ventura had to show their conspiracy theory, and he had David Ike on, and he's like, "Show me the lizards, show me the li <laughs> da da David Ike. I don't see the lizards. How can I see them? Show them to me." And I, 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 I was like, <laughs> Ike was like, "Mate, mate." Mate, you can't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way, mate. It doesn't work that way. And um, they, uh, <laughs> I asked David about Jesse Ventura, and he called him Shrek. He's like, he reminds, he reminds me of Shrek, mate. You know. <laughs> but that was quite a weekend. But yeah, no, your interviews with David Ike have been very fascinating and uh, and interesting. And you know, I think he uses the lizard thing as a hook, you know, to get people and to get attention. And then you know, just like he's always said, man, he's been it's very consistent. Awesome. And, so um, if he accidentally says something wrong, you know, he can point to the lizard stuff and go, well, clearly I'm just crazy. Yeah, and that's well, why they started doing that. Right. I, was, I mean, you know, he's. I was clever. in jail in uh, 2003 in Arizona and I had this tiny little radio set in max security. And I was listening to Coast to Coast. And it was like Art Bell and these other guys. And, and David Ike was on a show and they asked him about the lizard people. And he said that people are so constrained in their belief systems. He wants people to imagine other scenarios that are beyond what they can comprehend to expand the thinking ability. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm sure he said something like that. This is 20 years ago now. Yeah. 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 You can use it as like an epistemological tool to say, you know, well, prove this otherwise, but you're forcing people to to actually reason things out instead of just basing it on authority. Yeah, That's what a lot yeah. of the flat earth people do. Like they know it's not flat, but they want to say, well, how do you know it's not? And a lot of people don't know, not scientifically. They just know like well, everyone says, da, 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 da. so you just lose it as a tool to force people to explain things that they take for granted. I thought because I was, sometimes I thought you was... take things for granted that aren't true. I thought right? it was a wordsmith, Ryan. Epistemological tool? Can you please what what's epistemological mean? So like um found it like how do you know what you know? Foundation how do you know what you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like the it's the difference between a knowledge and belief is confidence. Yeah. Because how how you can't really know that you know something, it's just uh, there's a line subjective and you say, Well, I couldn't believe otherwise, right? So I know the floor is beneath my feet or whatever, because I can't even get myself to not believe that. 
So I would say that I know that. <laughs> so when you have a certain level of confidence where you couldn't disbelieve, then you right. think that you know it and you would say, use the word knowledge, whatever. That's one, that's my own. But there are a lot of philosophers that would say no, and they have their own take on what knowledge is and what belief is and so forth. But you can use tools to, you know, test people to see, to kind of in this Socratic way, asking them questions to derive at the conclusion they already have and say, but how did you reach that conclusion? Is that just because everyone said that all the time? Yeah. Because it's, you know, a lot of times you want, you kind of think of things heuristically because it's okay to trust people that, you know, have lots of experience and all that and not have to find out the reason why for every little thing. It's fine to just say, well, you know, this guy said it and that's right. But sometimes you do need to understand things because everyone does get fooled by certain things. And especially nowadays, like science has this God tier level. I'm like, dude, science can be just as corrupt as politics for the same reasons of economic leverage and this and that. Right. right. And it's not that they get things wrong. Like they say cigarettes were healthy and they knew it wasn't. Right. But there was a lot of pressure to say it was. So they did. You know? Yeah, there's like that over and over again. There's mm -hmm. things you don't think about, and then there are things you're not allowed to think about. So forcing people to think about everything kind of makes them divide what they realize they don't bother thinking about because they know it's true, and then the things that they realize they're not allowed to think about. I think. Well, I'll give you a fun one. This is like in a, the invisible gorilla thing. What color is the sun? All y'all are from the West. Just say it, you know. What color is the sun? Yellow. Yellow. Yeah, and orange. In Japan, the color in, of Trump. In the sun in the middle of the day, let's say, because it's all colors in it. Like the sun in the middle of the day. In Japan, they say it's red. And mm -hmm. most people in the West say it's yellow. The sun is actually white. If you look, right. it's really bright. It's white. But in cartoons and stuff, it's yellow. And so you see it as yellow as a kid. And you can think the sun is yellow. I know it's yellow. And they'll, I've had people passionately argue with me, like, I, every day I see it as yellow. I'm like, go outside and look at it. Oh, it's white. Yes, yeah. it always has been. But you saw it in drawings and stuff for so long, and you don't really look at it because it's too bright. And so you just, you got a little blind spot in your head of things like that. Unless and you're in Oregon right now because it's like dark orange if you look at well, it. Well, in China, it actually is red because of all the pollution yeah. between the Beijing <laughs> and the sky. But red yeah. China. Mm -hmm. You look at the the man in the moon, and different places would say, "Well, that's actually a crab, or that's a rabbit making mochi," and and that's what they're going to see because someone said it. And when someone says it, you make the pattern conform. To, oh, I see the rabbit. Oh, I see the face. So right. based on whatever someone led you to, you know. Yeah. So a lot of little psychological things, but there's things that people believe for a long time. Like you can look up right now, when did the civil war end? And it'll tell you April 9th. It, that's when Lee surrendered. That's not when the war ended. Johnson surrenders on April 26th. And then the native Americans continue fighting until June, but Google gets it wrong. They act like, well, surrendering the army in Northern Virginia was in the war. It definitely wasn't. We just had Juneteenth national holiday the president got it wrong so this slavery ended in america in 1865 on june 19th it did not it ended on the 13th amendment of december 6. delaware and kentucky still had slaves um and so did new jersey all northern states by the way <laughs> and then and then that was only black slavery we still had chinese slaves and native american slaves long after that california was the last state to get rid of slavery and then you could argue script pay lasted until the 1920s. That kind of nuance, though, is like, oh, oh, you can't say that. You're a Southern apologist. We're like, no, that is just what happened. 
Yeah. And we are, I am seeing history just get rearranged in a race. I've seen because of movies. Oh, Lincoln made the greenback. It was anti-Fed. The Fed didn't exist for decades until after Lincoln was dead. And Lincoln created the income tax. And his greenback was not going against fiat currency. His greenback had to be paid back. Uh, was based on the war bonds, which had to be repaid in gold, which they forced the South to pay after the war. Uh, he was not uh, like challenging the the Rothschilds or anything like that. He was very much in bed with them. But uh, you can watch history get erased, science is getting rearranged, and then of course uh, politics is the worst of all. Right? Um, we got the 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 U.S. Embassy in Cabal on fire right now, burning documents. They said the Taliban won't take over in a month. Yeah, you're right. It took him about three days. and who cares if the taliban takes afghanistan it's their country the taliban is not al-qaeda but there's this like black hole like taliban afghanistan al-qaeda osama 9-11 the taliban is not al-qaeda the taliban is the taliban you wouldn't believe how many people on twitter (laughs) think the taliban because senators say it (laughs) tulsi gabbard had to correct tim ryan in the debate she's like that's who attacked us in 9-11 she said no that was Al-Qaeda. This is the Taliban. They're yeah. fighting the Mujahideen, the branch of which was Al-Qaeda, who be financed. You know? right. But it's just a memory hold. You know? And if we, don't, if we don't have people out there constantly correcting the history, then the, you'll lose it forever. The island where I'm from is where the British first landed in the United States. But you ask most people, they'll say Jamestown, Virginia, because King James named it after himself and made sure that that was the popular narrative, but it's not, it doesn't fit the facts. And, you know, that's why it's important for us to, to revise and get out there and be able to say things. And you're just, the censorship is so bad. All these myths like gender wage gap and all this nonsense that's coming out is becoming sacrosanct and you're not allowed to question it. And what I see happening is they don't understand the more you censor something, where you're only allowed one allowable conclusion, the more people doubt it. Because they yeah. like, how can I have confidence in your conclusion when no one's allowed to question it? Yeah, and that's right. warming or whatever you name something, a historical event, whatever. You're like, well, no one's allowed to question it. So how can I have confidence? How can I have confidence in vaccines when the opposition is not allowed to speak? Yeah, and then right? they radicalize people. I mean, if you're not allowed to say anything and you are shut down for a moderate opinion, then that's just going to embolden you to be like, okay. Well, maybe this is true, and then maybe this is true, and then you end up on the other side of kook world, but you've gotten there because everyone above you isn't (laughs) letting you ask any questions or say anything. Yeah, Q got to the point where it got because they weren't allowed to have dialogue, and so it just got more and more radical and more gaslit people. I mean, it's the government's fault. They lied to everybody about weapons of mass destruction and sod gassing his own people and all these lies. So then when they say something about health or science or whatever, they go, why should we believe you? You lie about everything else. But then they don't know who to turn to to get good news. And that's when the charlatans come and gobble them up, the Qs and the Joneses and whatever. But yeah, I have a question for Sean. Have you heard of Substack? Substack, yes. Yeah. Substack or stuff? Yeah, Substack is kind of like Patreon for writers. Glenn Greenwald's on there, and I think Tucker's on there, and some others. It's like a, a paywall for things you can write articles, or you can do a podcast. Mm. And you could take the audio from your videos and put it on Substack for subscribers. Yeah, and there are options right now. Yeah, they're anti censorship. Adding on to what you said earlier, before the internet, 
BBC News and TV News was gospel in this country. Oh, yeah. And I remember around the time that um, I moved to America, the big story was that Saddam Hussein's guys, his soldiers, were grabbing babies from incubators and smashing them on the floor. Right. The whole, that was getting fed to the whole world to justify whatever the Bush crime family's latest was. Yeah, and that was Naira, who's was the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador, who was coached by Hill and Knowlton PR firm to talk about. I watched that, and I was about her age, a little younger than her. Actually, she's fifteen year old in a, in a natal intensive care unit for some reason with perfect English, and I thought she doesn't have an Arab accent or anything. This is odd. <laughs> she, her only accent she had was Valley Girl. And she's talking about babies on incubators. George Bush Sr. gets up there and like, and she put him on a cold floor. And I, and, and I knew as a child, this is bullshit. This is, this is dead baby propaganda, right? And how many babies died from Clinton sanctions and Bush sanctions? Hundreds of thousands of children died, starved to death. And you can see their cables in the 90s talking about we're going to blow up their water treatment facilities and we'll just say, oh, the chlorine doubles is chlorine gas, mustard gas, blah, blah, blah. They had been pitted in a war with Iran where America armed both sides for eight years. And then the whole world basically stomped on them. And then they got reinvaded again in 2003. And that was a pack of lies, right? But Tom Lantos is out there yelling about babies and on incubators, and so is Bush Sr. But BBC, it made CNN. CNN grew because of the Gulf War One. That's how it was created. They did a report in Florida claiming to be in Saudi Arabia. And there's footage of them laughing about it and stuff afterward. But there was nowhere to put that footage until the Internet. We had a little window to breathe, and then they started clamping down on all that. I mean, not only have I been banned on YouTube, I got banned on Live Leak, Daily Motion. Like, you pick a video platform, they it kicked me off of there. <laughs> and I thought, Mel, you get flack when you're over the target. Uh, never got a reason. Never, I never got a reason when I was banned from Patreon. I'm like, well, what did I do? And I was on YouTube for 15 years, uh, basically since the very beginning. Yeah. And they banned me actually one day after the 15th anniversary. Wow. And it's just like my heart sank because like my family depends on that. I didn't get direct revenue from them, but the exposure from it led to me selling shirts and maps and everything, you know. And I'm like, I got to start all over again. And it's just 15 years of work that was erased. Last three years or so was on BitChute, but most of it was created before these other options existed. And I didn't even have the money for the hard drives to, to download it all. Yeah. So it was like, it was just gone. Fortunately, Alt Censor grabbed about 80% of it. And we painstakingly downloaded each one and moved it to PureTube. No one should have to do that. No one should have to go through with that. And it's like, it's only if you happen to have, like I only had in the tens of thousands, even if you're in the hundreds of thousands, it's 50-50. Because people can, you know, tweet at YouTube or whatever, Team YouTube. That's only if you're allowed on Twitter. Right. Yeah. And you can get banned on that, too. You say the wrong thing one time or you get the dedicated haters going after you, lying about you. They'll have you thrown off of that, too. This censorship yeah. has to stop. I got to talk about that because uh, that's happened since the last Four Horsemen. But Gabe Hoff, who you're good friends with, right? Oh, yes. Um, he, <laughs> he actually he bragged about me. getting my PayPal destroyed. Yeah, I know. He's on his next. He came after me, so I got to talk about this a little bit. Uh, Eliza Blue, who's a, a sex trafficking survivor, I met her at Freedom Fest a few weeks ago. 
and I was in a group picture with her and Dave Rubin and a couple other people. And so this, this guy, Gabe Hoff, he started messaging her <clears throat> and said, Hey, I saw you were with uh, Reed Coverdale and you need to stay away from that guy. He's one of the most prolific Jew hating anti-Semites on online. He's friends with Ryan Dawson. You're in a um, picture with Dave Rubin too. As he yeah, said, I know, right? <laughs> he's Jewish, but uh yeah, like, uh, and then oh, hey, he he runs the an open secret uh, account has like seventy thousand followers, and he wasn't calling me out publicly. He was just messaging people, and I'm no, sure they she do it behind your back. That's what yeah, I'm doing. sure she wasn't the first one to get a message. She's just the first one who told me about it. So I fucking called him out on Twitter, and then he blocked me, blocked me on an open secret and everything. But um, I gotta say that felt good. Like that was the first time someone big has come after me just for <laughs> talking about Israel, having you on. It Eric was, had uh, an event canceled for having me on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had a live, I do a uh, comedy podcast, uh, Jack and Rita with my twin brother. And we had a live show all in the, all ready to go. People had bought tickets. The venue was booked. We hired a film crew to come up uh, to New Hampshire from Philly and New York city. And about uh, less than two weeks before the show, the booker reached out to my brother and said, um, you know, sorry guys, we're actually going to have to pull the plug on you. We can't have you perform at our venue anymore. And we're like, what? And they said, yeah, some people have complained about a guest you've had, had on your show before. Some people, like, Gabe Hoff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll, <laughs> give, me, give me one guess who the person is. And <laughs> sure as shit, Ryan Dawson. <laughs> yep. Well, here's the thing, Ryan, even if yeah. the worst things they said about you were true, I would still have you on because you'd have interesting stuff to say. Like the idea that, I mean, I'd have like Nick Fuentes. But none of that crap is true is the thing. No, I know it isn't, but I'm saying even if it were, I would still have you on to talk about the interesting shit that you've researched. Like this idea that, you know, you agree with everything someone you have on the show, you know, like I had Kim Iverson on the show. I don't agree with her on everything. I've had, I've had all sorts of people on that. I don't agree with Tim Anderson on. He's a communist. But he's yeah. very anti-war in Syria, and we agreed on that point. <laughs> sure, exactly. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. Yeah, so that was the Ryan Dawson effect. Um, but uh, you know, and, and I basically kind of gave him all the middle finger and said, "I'm going to still have Ryan Dawson on my show, and I'm still going to talk about the things that are important in that matter." So when you when you, you double up down, some fans and, too, right? I picked up, some, yeah, a lot of fans. A lot of I had a guy show up, Ryan, who I'd never met before, who was a fan of yours, and said, uh, "You know, I saw Ryan on your show, and." Um, I'm, I'm here to come and see Jack and radio live. So that was really cool. But you know, cool. we just keep speaking up and, and, and not buckling when these people come at you, they're, they're weak. They're all, they're all really weak and they, they don't, they don't even really have any, any legs to stand on. So yeah, there's no bigger bitch shit than caving to the mob. Like if I want to disassociate with someone, I will make that decision myself. You know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, these people don't want me to talk to this person. or don't want me to be friends with this person. Like, Fuck you. I mean, that's not, that's not how I So, operate. Sean, have you, have you had any guests on, Sean? A dealer who went to prison and like, so? Yeah. He did his time. He turned his life around. He's good and he's great on Epstein and all these crimes. Like, who, who cares? Well, yeah, I mean, even if you're like, interesting <laughs> conversations, an interesting conversation, like with anybody. That's how I look at it. Like, I mean, the I've only talked to the Unabomber despite what he did. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, more than talk to him. <laughs> so, Red Sean, have you had any guests? Build nuclear weapons. Have you had any guests where you've been them. worried, Sean, that you're like, oh shit, this is the one where my it's all going to come crashing down, and other I than should Ryan. be worried here. Besides, yeah, other than Ryan. Besides Ryan, um, I think Ryan 
the people who are at the forefront of the ex of the um, Epstein story mm. who are like really researching it the most, including Ryan, including um, I think Paul Page probably pissed some people off. Prince Andrew's ex royal protection cop, oh, that yeah. one oh, probably yeah. pissed some people off. He he did an exclusive with us that got almost a million views, really revealing uh, tr some true colors there. I think Nygaard's um, son and I did a video that you got in trouble for. Yeah, so we got in trouble for Nygaard's son. We got in trouble for Matthew Steeples. We got in trouble for Corey Feldman. Oh, yeah. We got in trouble That's for sad. Norman Baker, who report he's an XMP who reports on the royal family. We got in trouble. There was, there was quite a slew of them. I think I sent Ryan... Uh, a list of some of them yeah i think I, i'd like to talk to Corey. like i've believed his story for a long time it checks out it's not so easy just to reach Corey feldman but you know people just make fun of them and don't be I mean, this is a child star talking about what happened in hollywood the pool parties and all the rest of it he didn't just make this up you know but boy he's got uh there's just a wall of bees around him and uh they, they've demonized him he was very emotional in his interview and his heart obviously is in the right place and he's been castigated and lost a lot of opportunities because he's so outspoken and what happened so you know his family have been hounded and trolled and i really felt for him he did it all before me too or any there was no like harvey weinstein in jail nobody had happened when he was just by himself trying to tell people the story now I think people should revisit all the things he said. You have a bit much better climate of going after some of these people, whether it's an Andrew Cuomo uh, or a you know like a Weinstein type of character. But there's really nothing for the little kids and little boys yet. But at least the women are getting a little bit of justice, you know, which is good. But I wish that would expand. Hollywood is filth. The casting couch is not something we should joke about. It's a very real thing. So does uh, Gabe Hoff was involved with that. Uh, he's the direct, uh, the producer of an open secret. So that has a lot, obviously a lot to do with child sex rings and everything. So does he just hate you because he's a Zionist or is, is he like a fraud? Do you know more about him or? It, yeah, it's hard to tell if he hates me because he's a Zionist or because I'm doing accurate work on the uh, sex trafficking rings. You know, some of these shows and stuff that come out, they'll, go they'll get non-disclosure agreements from some of the victims and the victim will tell them all this stuff they'll put like two percent of it in the film and then the other 98 percent ah you sign this you can't talk about it anymore netflix and stuff was doing that and so that they're handcuffed but i figure out this stuff the hard way um you know i wasn't the victim or anything but i i know i'm pretty good at um following up the white collar crimes and digging and digging and digging and, and getting people to talk to me uh, and uh yeah that pisses him off i mean uh, he was pictured with dershowitz so well maybe that's part and dershowitz is a zionist too and it's right. hard because a lot of zionists are also pedophiles so it's hard to know which one they're mad about <laughs> but you, know, you can't yeah. talk about either one i mean i think zionism's worse because they're the ones shooting children uh but a lot of zionists don't aren't even aware that that's happening they just support israel because that's their tribe or whatever and they don't know because all you see in the media acts like Palestinians started all right. Even though, like, I'm not going to get into it, but like, you know, it's, yeah. they don't even know. 
They don't even know what they're supporting. And then there's yeah. also like a religious backing. I mean, uh, sure. Both in Jewish and Christian religion. Like when I grew up and you know, I was, you know, super right wing evangelical questioning, supporting Israel was like, you know, sacrilegious. I mean, of right. course you support Israel. Like you don't have a choice. I mean, if you don't, God will turn his back on the United States and that'll be the end of us. That was just kind of, even though the United States isn't in the Bible in the end times at all. So I don't the really whole know. The world wasn't even known. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> whatever. But um, So Sean, what's going on in England right now with vaccine passports and everything? It, it, it looks like we're doing a little bit better over here than you guys are. What, what's the Oh deal? my goodness. I really don't want to get your channel deleted, Reed. That you're asking for serious trouble if I answer that question. All right, well, well this I, video is already going straight yeah. to Odyssey, so don't worry. <laughs> I mean, just say whatever you think you can get away It's a with. nice sunny day in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to go around London and film the streets and interview some people. <laughs> okay. Should do that. So have they, like, passed them already, or are they threatening to pass them, or what's the, like, what's the status? You know what? I'm not even paying attention to it because I've been so preoccupied with all these battles Oh, uh, not just um, the YouTube algorithm has been going after me, but the UK police have gone after me. I've had to go to the police station twice in the last couple of months. I've now been court ordered not to report on certain abuse cases with the threat of going to prison or getting a fine. And I now have a criminal record because one of my podcast guests came on and she named two victims in a Court, abuse court case that had a court order on it, which is a violation of a law I didn't even know existed. And because I published that information, I was liable. I was guilty. There was no way around it. So we've had to school the entire staff now in that law. So I've had the UK government go after me. I've had the YouTube algorithm go after me. I've got all these trolls going after me. I had a rival podcaster go after me. I just wake up now and I get on my computer and I'm just like, who's going to come after me today? Yeah. I, this this nice relaxed environment where I do my yoga and everything in the house and throw monkey nuts to the squirrels. It's been like a war room for the past month or so. So things do seem to be settling down right now. So fingers crossed because you know, our mission on our channel is to protect women and kids from predators. And I yeah. learned from being incarcerated for six years for people who are hardcore heroin users 90 percent completely revised my view about heroin problematic heroin users as a kid i was brought up to believe heroin users lock them up throw away the key they live on the bridges they steal all day they're burgling all day to finance this habit i didn't understand the root causes but once i got in prison and they told me predominantly they were molested as kids yep. some kind of childhood abuse seeing their parents die my mission has been to deconstruct the jail and prison system, to deconstruct the war on drugs, and to try and make the world a safer place by addressing the root causes of crime instead of just making human beings into commodities that end up in private prisons like these warehouses. It's really sad. And to stop all these crimes, if childhood abuse is at the root of so many crimes, we've got to stop the predators. Yeah, I visited the Hemp Museum in Holland to write my war on drugs series of books. On the wall, there they've got these people who, in America, three strikes are doing life sentences for weed possession. Yet you've got Catholic priests, like if you've watched The Sins of Our Father, that documentary, who Spotlight. just get passed around the parishes to commit hundreds of crimes. 
if they do get arrested, these high-priced lawyers come in and they get light sentences. I interviewed a woman who was bred by her own father to molest. He kept a diary of all the molestations. He rated them and he put down what date rape drugs he'd used on her. This was from when she was a kid to almost an adult. And the judge, when this guy was finally arrested, the judge said, you're one of the most evil people ever to come in my courtroom. You deserve a life sentence. And oh, But all I can give you is so many years. And the guy knew all he could get was so many years. And he mocked the system and wrote a letter to the judge mocking the system. Did he was Clinton he was out a within a couple of years. He was out within a couple of years of that court hearing. Oh so I thought, you know, the channel originally was prison stories and crime stories, but we learned about all, all the victims and started to interview survivors like Maria Farmer. And I thought if you put it out there that your mission is to protect women and kids from predators, the whole world would be behind you. Right. That was the beginning of my problems. <laughs> all of the enemy rose up. From black ops, we believe, to trolls, rose up and have been trying to destroy what we're putting out there. It's absolutely insane. I had a lot of people say bad things about Sean to me. And I just told them, you know, go fuck a cactus. But, like, they're trying to make that wedge. <laughs> like, I've been in this yeah. game too long. I know you SPLC or ADL or something. I'm not going to listen to you. You know, and uh, they try and that's what they do. They go behind your back. And they have a little pre-scripted thing, clipped videos or this thing or, you know, this one time they said blah, you know, and, you know, try and tear it down. And that's how you know criminals are in charge. Because when you speak out against human trafficking and war propaganda and things you would assume, nobody disagrees that these things are wrong. And that's when you get the most shit in your life. They'll cancel your bank, your payment processors, yeah. your platforms. You know, they'll go after you to try and make you homeless. I've got three children and they're just laughing like Gabe Hoff puts on Twitter about, you know, celebrating getting my AdSense and PayPal banned and says his Patreon is next. And a few months later, it was. And I mean, that's defamation and harassment. I've got someone dedicated to get me kicked off payment processors and any show I go on, he sends him a letter and calls me an anti-Semite and all this bullshit. I mean, that like, why isn't that illegal? Right? Why can't I sue him? Because he's doing it all behind my back. But he couldn't help it when he got pay when he got PayPal deleted. He had to gloat and stick it on Twitter. And I knew better to respond to that because I was like, they're gonna steal my take my Twitter down. And then they did that anyway. So I guess right. I should have. Yeah, the opposition skillfully weaved together your own words from prior videos mm -hmm. with other little things to make it look like you're a terrible person. And then they have these campaigns and they just keep repeating things that you supposedly have done with no proof that you've done them, but they make you sound like you said you've done it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. all these people get fooled by that. But if those people would just turn around and say, look, show me a video of him doing that or show me the proof of him doing that, there actually isn't any. And in prison, you find out that the people accusing others who are innocent of what they're accusing of are usually the ones that are doing it. So the prison gangs know that. And if, so, for example, if, you go, if you're in prison, you say, that guy over there is a child molester, the gang yes. leader will be, will be like, all right, where's the paperwork? And if you have not got paperwork, bam, 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 you get all. smashed yeah. on the spot. And it's usually the child molester accusing someone else of being a child yeah. molester. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the screaming pain is they beat you syndrome, like projection. They accuse the other thing others is of the like, crimes they're guilty of themselves. 
the other thing is these people that we're taking on are so evil and we all want perfectly squeaky clean leaders to be against them. And it's like, I mean, we're kind of missing the forest for the trees. Like if you, <laughs> if you can't, um, you know, if you can't find someone who's absolutely perfect to be against like child rape and like a princess eating pizza. <laughs> I don't. I don't sweat. I don't sweat, Sean. I just. Uh, I have a condition when I served in the Balkans, and uh, I just. I don't sweat. So Balkans. there's no way that's me in the picture. Falcons, <laughs> not Balkans. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Falkland Islands. Okay. But you're you're right though, Reed. People look for perfection um, out of people who do call out the evil, and uh, that's a brilliant strategy that they have. And certainly, you can tell Sean they're definitely coming after you. But props yeah. to you for being resilient and holding your ground and yes. and not backing down. And we all have to do that. We all have to do our part. I mean, you know, uh, together we can get the word out and the message out. And um, yeah, I mean, you just. Well, even like, if someone is perfect, like Ron Paul, they'll just make it up. Yeah, that's right? exactly what I was going to say. Racist newsletters. Yeah. She's got racist newsletters. Dr. Paul, like the furthest thing from that, but they don't know. Yeah, you and know? the and thing it, is, like, even if the racist newsletters were legit, like, compare him to Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. Like, who cares? That's what I'm saying. Like, people want like, absolute yeah. perfection. <laughs> it's just like... Obama made actual slaves in Libya right. and blew up a country. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. No big deal there, you know. And that leads to child trafficking. The relationship between war and human trafficking is something that a lot of people need to understand. Like when you want to see it on mass scale, like all the Iraqi children that were starving, where do you think some of them went? They sold them thinking, well, at least they'll live. And, of course, they got raped over and over again. Yeah. And uh, Dyncor and some of the in Triple Canopy and a lot of these things, they got caught drugging and raping their own employees. And they're getting fat contracts, no bid, by the way. That's not how no bid contracts are supposed to work, but they're getting no bid contracts. Just MIC pork, you know, all these golden parachutes, however they like to say. And even after the fact, you know, when um, Blackwater shot into a crowd and killed 72 Iraqis, which led to revenge killing and hanging four of them off a bridge and then the u.s military paid for it because that they, they don't differentiate between blackwater and the military they're just like right. well so we are you know trying i mean it should never have been a war but trying to negotiate and not have to have a large occupation force these mercenaries ruined the whole thing they wanted to foster sectarian violence on purpose to keep the conflict going so they could keep the contracts going they wanted another Lebanon, like a 15-year civil war. Yeah. And the military got stuck having to deal with it and clean it up. And it's just, it's sad. And then the veterans come home and get treated like scum. And they're well, still, like, accused of everything that Blackwater and Z and others did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not allowed to talk about it. More than and half you, my friends in prison were veterans. Jesus. They come back, they got PTSD, they don't get any help, they get on street drugs to medicate, and they end up in prison. Yep, it's really self-medicating. Really, really sad. And that's uh and also uh with the heroin you were talking about earlier, that's a um a prime grooming weapon. Like is they get people hooked on heroin and then and they're will they've already done the nasty so many times, they're willing to come back and put one in their mouth or whatever they got to do if they if afterward they can get the drug because the withdrawal and the need for it is so bad and that's how they escape their reality and so they will withhold the drugs unless they obey 
But as long as they're doing what they need to do, they'll feed their addiction. And the more they feed their addiction, the worse the addiction gets and the more willing they are to participate in the sexual deviancy. And they don't see a way out and they don't know who to go to. Oh, well, just tell the cops. That's That works on television. That's not how the world really works, though. I'll tell the FBI. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, they're involved in a lot. The CIA is bringing the drugs in and the people. And the FBI cover for people like Hunter Biden. They gave one of his laptops back to him, right? Then they raided Giuliani's house about the other one. And now there's a third one, apparently, that had been stolen by Russian drug dealers or whatever when he was on a Vegas drug bin with hookers. And uh, they sat up there in the debate and said, oh, all of that's Russian disinformation. And every single three-letter network were like, yep. And it clearly isn't. Like, he's on the laptop, videos of him, emails from him. It is Hunter. And the FBI sat on that laptop from December of 2019 all the way until the debates shortly before 2021. Over a year and a half. Yeah. And nothing. But Christopher Ray is doing deals with Rosemont Sintica, which Hunter is one third of the partnership for, to try and buy up Gazprom and da 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 da. And so you, there's all these conflicts of interest, but it's hard. It's hard to explain what's going on because you got the level of education about all this is you know bare minimum because our news media acts like everybody's 14. You know that's about as high as you know high brows are going to be sound bites and all that. And I think people are very hungry for these long hour, two hour conversations, which you see with with Atwood, with Rogan, um, Ralph Nader, people like that, or just they want to know a deeper explanation about this. You're not going to get it on soundbite media. And it's a real problem with the commercialization and the, the corporatized media feel like they got to change, change, change and lowbrow and avoid stories. And it's very centrally controlled. And nobody wants to step out. I mean, I don't know of anything in recent times with more public interest than the Epstein story. And yet there hasn't been a word about it on mass media since the Acosta Trump connection that didn't right. exist. Right. They, they're they only interested in that. And when that didn't happen, who cares? We've had Maxwell trial was bumped and it just, we you know what they did instead. On ABC, they ran a fluff piece from Maxwell's family about what a great girl she is and blame it all on the dead guy. That's what the coverage of Epstein has been about. So where there's never been a divide more that unless somebody is going to think of something, but then the public interest in Epstein and the total lack of coverage by corporate media, which lets you know they're in on it because there's no read. Why? If you want ratings and all that, here's your story everyone's interested in. Why aren't you talking about it? Because yeah. it involves the donor class that pays for everything they do. Big Pharma and the rest of it. It's only half step away. I mean, look at Bill Gates, who is financing Epstein after he's arrested, right? You got Gates and Dubin and Wexner and Schotenstein were all giving him money after he'd been arrested. Bill Gates is pushing the vaccine, buying up land. He's just every single government talking point, he says it. You think he's compromised? Duh. You know, oh, I'm Bill Gates, billionaire. Like, everything he says, I'm like, why would he? Why is this software engineer guy talking about health and war and all this stuff? They really swept under the rug that guy on his property who had all the child porn who got arrested. You guys remember that? Oh yes. Well, that that's happened several times. Yeah. 
That's the problem. It was, it was you don't, you don't hear you don't hear that anymore. So, Sean, I wanted to ask you. Um, so you you did you said eight years or six years in prison? Yeah, six. And that, and that was in Maricopa County in Arizona. So originally, you're on on sentence status. So I did 26 months fighting my case in the Maricopa County jail system, and then once you're sentenced, you go over to the prison system. So I was in various security levels in the prison system, and then finally. You go to a deportation camp, federal deportation, and then they put you on Connor and send you home. Wow. Um, yeah, so I've had uh, former CIA officer John Kariaku on my show who's, you know, he did time in federal prison and his experience, you know, he wrote a book about it called Doing Time Like a Spy. He kind mm -hmm. of equated it when you first get in there to a little bit like clicks in high school when you have to feel everybody out and figure out you know who you're going to get in with or what you're going to do about protection so what was your I mean, experience nice. like that in that regard when you first got in there so it sounds like he was in the feds yeah he was in loretto in pennsylvania so the, the state's a bit more desperate they've got less money than the feds and the criminal class is gang members hardcore drug users dominate what's going on so if you're a white person it's the Aryan Brotherhood basically decide who lives or dies. So as soon as you walk in, they want to charge check you. They take, took me in a cell under the stairs, asked, you know, asked me what my charges were. And if you're a pedophile or if you've got charges against women or kids, they're going to either kill you or give you a good beating right there and then. And there's an incentive for violence because the more violence you commit, the bigger your reputation, the more tattoos you earn. And to get the full tattoo to be patched in, you have to murder someone in the jail for the gang. So right away, you know, I was working out with uh, a guy called Sniper, a La Victoria Chicano gang member. Uh, so the AB guys come up to me and they're like, hey, Wood, we want a word with you. And Sniper looks at me, he's like, yeah, go, you know, go and talk to your people. So I, I go around the corner with these guys and... Um, they're like, take a look around the day room, Wood. Do you see anyone working out with any of the other races? Any other white boys working out with any of the other races? And I'm looking around. I'm like, nope. And they're like, well, you got a lot to learn, Wood. Now finish your workout. Don't let this happen again. So <laughs> that's how it is, man. It's really sad. Yeah. Enforced racism. Yeah, and, and, and um, you got to kind of figure out it's uh you know navigating and, and figuring out what you're going to do day to day to live so yeah. obviously if you say the wrong thing or you work out with the wrong group so your best bet um, is just to lay low not not talk to people too much yeah. not brag about your crimes and just try and figure out who's who because i yeah. got i got attacked by a guy later on over 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 my cellmate didn't like me he got his mate this big guy to attack me but then my new cellmate after that introduced me to a guy who could protect me who was a banana crime family associate two tonys who was serving 140 plus years and he'd left the dead bodies of people from arizona to alaska and he's just a little he was just a little old man at that point he'd served 30 plus years but he had a lot of respect on the yard so it might not be the big bad torpedo who comes and asks you what your charges are who you need to be the most scared of it's who the shot callers are so like you said navigating the system you got to make alliances with the right people i had a game of chess against two tonys i beat him and he asked me how i beat him i said because you kept 
speaking your mind throughout the game. You wouldn't show someone your hand in a game of cards, would you? He slaps his head and he goes, oh, me and my big mouth. But he was actually testing me to see if I was honest. And at the end of it, he said, look, to stay alive on the road of life, I've had to be a quick judge of character and I think you're an honest guy. Would you be willing to write my life story? So he took me under his wing and um, I never got attacked again after that. Sadly, he died from liver cancer from his own drug taking in 2010. So he didn't get to see the publication of his book, The, two, uh, the Mafia Philosopher, Two Toadies. But he taught me a lot of life lessons and I still think about him to this day. And he said, you know, when I'm gone, just say a few words about me to your mates and, and raise a drink to me. And, and I'm sure he's up there with my other best mate, wild man, looking out for me, looking out for me <laughs> um, against all these bloody enemies that have recently manifested <laughs> yeah and john kiriaku same thing the uh the italian mob kind of took him under his wing and you know he's a greek guy so you know that's not a huge stretch there and um yeah he was he was uh, he felt safe with them and obviously used a lot of his cia training to just do the day-to-day -day and get by so um wow. yeah that's that's crazy stuff sean that's the, i just i can't even imagine you know waking up every day and you're like jesus this is the day i get it or you know how am i going to get through today the racial stuff Arizona is nuts. Not racial. a good date to be in jail in either. Uh, yeah, Joe sheriff, sheriff Joe Pyle prides himself oh. on being America's toughest sheriff. That, that cool. And that National Geographic, who did my documentary, the first one was uh, Locked Up Abroad, Banged Up Abroad in America. They researched it, and they said 50-something people died. I think it was 52 people died in that jail around the time I was there over a five-year period. We've even got videos of the guards murdering mentally ill prisoners in the jail. Shit. And that's this is how my activism came about. Because before that, I was a party person, a stock market person, an ecstasy person. Second year in, I say to the guard, how do you guys get away with all this? Dead rats in the food, cockroaches crawling all over us at night, guards murdering mentally ill prisoners. The guard said, the world has got no idea what's going on in here and the public doesn't give a shit about prisoners. So a right. tiny little pencil sharpened on the door started to write everything down. I couldn't put that in the mail because the guards could open the mail. So my aunt would visit me and she smuggled what I wrote out of maximum security, typed them up, emailed them to my family in the UK. This is back in like 2003, 2004. And they put them online as a blog, John's Jail Journal, which is still online to this day. So that's what set me on this path as an activist. It was by default. And then the YouTube channel started in 2008. And we started to move all of our stories from writ the written format into video format. And that's how everything started to take off. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. And uh, just glad you made it out, man. It just it sounds so hairy. Well, Wild Man, who's my best friend from childhood up here, he's a good guy to get arrested with. I mean, when the van, when the van pulled up at the jail, so it was me, Wild Man, uh, half of the co-defendants were female, half the co-defendants were male. We arrive at the uh, Maricopa County Jail at the Horseshoe, the subterranean, labyrinthine hellhole, like something out of Dante's Inferno. And all the new arrestees are outside waiting to go in. And these are like gang members, uh, people who have been in fights with the police, homeless people, people who are really like riled up and, you know, pissed off that they've been arrested. They see our women getting off the bus before us and they started saying ob obscene things uh, to the women and i'm looking out the van at this i'm like oh my god and wild man whenever he's going to do something crazy one of his eyebrows goes up 
So he's, he's my best mate who died last year. And he, he protected me in a lot of situations. His, his eyebrow would always go up. So these guys, all the women are like shrinking under all this abuse. And it's wild man's turn to get off the bus. And he's on the top step. And this is a huge guy, six foot two. When he died, he was six foot two and 29 stone. So he was like six foot two and like 400 plus pounds, I believe. Wow. Not a big bodybuilder physique, but he had the physique of a bird, just massive. He had a big belly and massive shoulders. So he's on the top of the bus on the step and the guard's yelling him to get down. It's 406. He, he, he doesn't get down. He just looks all the guys shouting at the women. He had this Viking's beard. And he's like, you lot. These women are with me. I'll fucking have any of you when we get inside this jail right now. We're all going to be inside together in a minute right now. Unless you guys shut the fuck up. And, and they all shut up. So he was a good guy to get arrested. <laughs> but I was very fortunate. Over yeah. 100 people um, from the rave scene were arrested with me, including some of my bouncers. But I'm just a skinny, nerdy guy, and I, I would have been annihilated by these gang members. What was the slimier business, uh, the party scene or stockbroking? <laughs> so the stock market was... I started trading the stock market when I was 16, and then I became a stockbroker, Wolf of Wolf Street style in the beginning. Yeah became the top guy in the office in terms of production, grossing half a million, retired from that, invested it in shares in the stock market when the dot-com bubble was uh, just about to blow up. My biggest investment was 30,000 shares in Pacific Satellite Nunsatra, an Indonesian satellite company. I think it was trading around $5 a share. Bought it on margin. And it went up to over $50 during the dot-com bubble. I was waking up. I mean, my wife would just wake up, look at the computer. It would be up like six figures on the day. I had an account. Did you cash out in time? Some of it, yeah, but some of it, no. Um, I ended up having a meltdown on drugs when the stock market crashed, and it all imploded, and I lost most of it. Story of my life, things get big, and then they crash. Get my get get seven hundred thousand subscribers, then I got zero next month. It's, it's like my social media on the everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> up and zero. Up and yeah. zero. <laughs> but we've got to ask ourselves, Ryan, because I had therapy about this. What in us are we externalizing to create these extreme cycles? Because this has happened throughout my, my life. Stock market business went woof and crashed. Exe business went woof and crashed. YouTube went woof. And I was terminated. There's something in us that we're putting out into the world. So we've got to, we've got to accept some kind of responsibility for and look at and analyze these patterns. Well, people hammer the pegs that come up. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I started stock MB. market stuff when I was 13 through someone else, you know, because I wasn't allowed. But I didn't do anything fancy. I just I was like, well, I'm 13. I can buy some blue chip stocks and just wait till I'm 18 and sell them. So I just got really safe stuff like Coca-Cola, Disney, whatever, because I just noticed the graph just steadily went up. And at the time, Coke was expanding to China and, and so on, and they were getting contracts with theme parks and uh, restaurant franchises, and it was really a good thing. But the most I ever saw the stock market move on blue chip stocks was that week that George Bush fainted and uh, Dan Quayle became president pro tem, and he just didn't know what to do, so he did nothing. And all the stocks went great. Were great. I was like, yeah, the government stopped doing stuff, and the market's taking off. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I learned a lesson there, and I, 
but that's how like because college in america is so expensive now and so i just sold all my stocks and stuff i bought wwe right after the xfl fiasco for nine dollars did you get out before 9 11 then because 9 11 they moved mm -hmm. big time it was the market gapped oh yeah i was already in college for 9 11 so i sold all my stuff but um september <laughs> i can talk a lot about september 11th but you know they were doing 12 to 1 ratio put options on specific airlines and that was my wake-up call yeah all my bbc conditioned news was stripped away when uh, all those options trades came in before 9-11 betting the flights the airlines were going to go the down Boeing stock yep and then it was news headlines we're going to track this down it's got to be the terrorists inside a trade then it disappears mm -hmm. and it's all tracked back to cia backed and investment banks they wouldn't even subpoena people from the dtcc and uh the few they did do it's like some people didn't even cash out they got scared because some people they heard a little whisper and they followed the advice but they didn't know 9-11 is going to happen just there you know friend somebody somebody knew but in a way it was the terrorists uh it wasn't the al-qaeda terrorists on the planes but their handlers knew and tried to make a profit off of it yes. and did you know it's sick and the the military profiteering after 9-11 followed by the anthrax scare which was also after 9-11 government officials are all taking cipro before the anthrax was ever opened how they know anthrax was about to be sent in the mail hmm and they lied about the meeting in Prague and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I've, I've gone over that topic ad nauseum and I'm sure nobody wants to hear it again, but <laughs> there is a lot of insider trading and you're starting to see that with this current Rona thing too. If you look at the patents for these vaccines that are not vaccines or gene therapy, they predate the uh, epidemic. Well, that's odd. And it's just, it, you could say someone got lucky, but not this degree. There's no way somebody knew they were doing gain of function research somebody knew like it's a ticking time bomb to do that kind of stuff in a place like wuhan you know that's like handing the little kids a chainsaw and turning it on and saying but don't touch it like what could yeah, go wrong just, yeah just 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 to, just to let the viewers know what i meant by that because some people when you mention options they don't understand what it means so I an option, option yeah. an option is a security that goes up and down in proportion to an underlying security. So if Coca-Cola shares, for example, go up 10%, the call option on Coca-Cola might go up 100%, and vice versa, if Coca-Cola stock goes down 10%, then the put option might go up 100%. So people were actually making mass bets through the options market on the airline stocks crashing, by purchasing put options. How do we know this was an anomaly? Because the trading, you have an average trading volume every single day on any security, which you can measure going back for, you know, for decades. All of a sudden, the average trading volume on these airline put options went from beep, 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 to beep, 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 and then 9-11 happened. It was that in your face. And the, all of the people that were involved with those trades, the feds went and interviewed them and deputized them, which meant that no, if they spoke, ever spoke about the trades, they were going straight to prison. Wow. And why would they do that? 
I don't know. Who do we get caught celebrating the attack and filming the first plane hitting and da 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 da? The it dancing was, Arabs. No, oh yeah, right, right. Dancing <laughs> Arabs. <laughs> that was dancing Middle Easterners, so it was technically correct. Yeah, it was neighbors <laughs> on my ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they had an ecstasy trade too. Um, These really ecstasy yeah. rings. Yeah, I knew Those about that when yeah, I was the active. Art students. Yeah, the, the, the rabbis were bringing them in and everything. Forty million dollars worth. They got busted on both coasts. That's eighty yeah. million dollars worth of uh, Molly that they were. Yeah, uh, Robbie Martin and Media Roots did an incredible deep dive into the Israeli ecstasy rings in the '90s, Sean. That you should yeah. check out sometime, or you should definitely maybe see about having him on your show. I don't know if you've ever covered it on your show, but wow, those 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 were un what a what a sophisticated operation that was. The glitter yeah, cats absolutely. and and far reaching, and yeah, the network was all over and. Um, but yeah, I think going back to you asked Sean, like, what is it within us that like compels us to do this kind of stuff and go hard and risk your reputation and being canceled and all this bullshit. And I, I think for me, a lot of it is just outrage. I'm so outraged that we have this incredible access to all this information and all this knowledge and, and all this research out there. And it's, it's literally at our fingertips and, and it's just people's apathy just enrages me I, I, just to no end. And, and they're so distracted and dumbed down by the bread and circus of sport and the Olympics and all other meaningless bullshit that's thrown at us ad nauseum um, that it's, it's hard for a lot of people to focus and sit down and actually look at this stuff. So does it wear you, know, you down Eric though, from time to time? Yeah. Um, I actually just got back from vacation in Hawaii. I took a break, man. I completely unplugged and I was off Twitter. I, I put my, you know, I didn't use my phone a couple of days. Um, but it really, it really does wear you down and you question yourself. Sometimes you're like, why do I even bother doing this? You know, people are accusing me of being X, Y, and Z and, and, Oh, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist. You know, even, even some people in my family will look at me kind of weird, you know, like you try to go to holiday parties and just like talk about the ball game or something stupid and frivolous. But meanwhile, you know, you may have just read your book about the Clinton cartel drug smuggling, or you just read something, uh, you know, about Epstein, but, um, it, it's 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 tough to all the time be upbeat and cheery about it and a lot of the time that is why i use comedy and like impressions mm -hmm. and stuff to deal with it but um you know knowing you guys and and, and doing the you knowing there's other people out there definitely keeps me going and, and inspired to uh to carry on for sure what yeah, about you Reed? helps me stay sane like the reason i make the sarcastic jokes is i have to or i'd lose my mind yeah, with me, uh, my dad really brought all of us up uh, with the mindset of do hard things, do what's uncomfortable, you know, and you'll have a more fulfilling life. And what I've realized is people operate out of fear. Most of them do. And it's because they want to be comfortable. They don't actually want to know what's true or to have their eyes open. So they'll I mean, they'll believe a ton of bullshit. It's like what Ryan was talking about earlier with, you know, the things you take for granted that you'll never question. They do that because it's hard to think. And the reason it's hard to think is because it can make you uncomfortable because you realize something that you've built your life around could be completely false. And so that's what's always inspired me to be this way is because I, I want to know what's true. And if I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. So talking to people who disagree with me or have out of the, you know, out of the norm opinions. That's what I'm all about. Because if I'm wrong about something, I want to know, I don't want to just double down on what makes me comfortable. I actually want to know what's going on. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't like that because 
they don't. And you went full circle, like you were an evangel, right wing, almost neocon to yeah. and cap libertarian. Like, <laughs> yeah. What about your family and friends? Are they supportive, or do they uh, criticize what you're doing? Uh, family, immediate family is supportive. I mean, I'm an atheist now, and my extended family was not a fan of me going away from like the evangelical. Uh, you know, religious right or whatever. They, uh, they all think I'm going to burn in hell now or whatever. I mean, they still, they still love me. They'll still, they don't disassociate with me or something, but they're definitely not approving of that. And then, um, you know, I've got a lot of family members who are in the military. Uh, my sister's actually in the military now, so she knows what I think about that. But I mean, they're, they're overall supportive. My family watches the show. Um, I've got friends. Uh, I've actually got friends who are from my church um who have been radicalized by ryan <laughs> like he's the guy that kind of changed their minds on things uh, i've got you know people who were extremely zionist like right-wing evangelicals who have just been watching my show and i'd attribute it mostly to ryan that they've uh they've turned away from that and kind of seen the light so that's what i say like a lot of people that support that stuff only do so because they have no clue what's really going on right the media is just so full of shit about it He's like, look, they're ethnically cleansing. They want 2,000 more settlements in the West Bank. You couldn't get away with that anywhere else in the world. Can you imagine just going into Mexico and saying, we're going to make an all-white city and we're just going to push all of you? The whole world community would not stand for that. Right. But you can do it in Palestine. And it lets you know, you know, it's this all this stuff we're seeing, like critical race theory and white privilege and all that. I'm like, if they were privileged, then you wouldn't be allowed to talk about it. Yeah. There are other groups that if you talked about, you'd get deplatformed in one second. And you're not really talking about that group. You're talking about individuals in that group committing crime. doesn't matter. Nuance is dead because any opportunity to, to go on a witch hunt and have a witch to burn, they're going to go. It's like currency in the modern age is to call someone racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, da, 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 xenophobic, whatever. Yeah. That's how you get like social points is uh, is uh, hunting witches or whatever. And it's gotten to hysterical levels where people feel like they've got to condemn someone else to get the heat off themselves. And it's sad because it just wasn't like that in the eighties and all like, no, no one talked about like race was whatever, you know, who cares now you talk to younger people, it's like go through a TikTok or something. It's every fourth or fifth video is someone complaining about racial crap. And it just isn't, it's a media creation. I mean, there are racists, but it's so rare. It's so almost insignificant. And they act like it's the explanation for everything. And yeah. uh, I just see it's, it's like it's getting to be like prison outside of prison where everybody's yeah. like relegated to their little oh, a prison. Yeah, their little biological categories and stuff, which makes me and my kids super fucked because we don't belong in any of them. So yeah, that's <laughs> what I love about you is you really opened my eyes to the idea that the the woke act exactly like the Nazis. There's no difference. Like they try the to the far tie. right and far left are the same thing. They, they tie everything by biology and yep. race to, yeah, to governments and to religion and to culture yep. or whatever. It's just like, so you can't criticize a culture or a religion or a country without being called a racist. It's just, so, Sean, have you found a lot of support from your family as you're, you know, become more of a visible YouTuber and well-known person in this world? Yeah, they're just absolutely blown away by all the support <laughs> and the kindness of people. And I recently went and filmed in Birmingham 
uh, old gentleman who was on the helicopter to assassinate Pablo Escobar for the Cali cartel. And on the evening, I went out in this um, city center of Birmingham with my best friend from childhood, Hammy, who's Wild Man's cousin. And we were outside a bar and the people were coming up to us and Hammy couldn't believe it. We were just blown away by all this, the love, the support, and people telling us how the channel has impacted their lives. You know, messages from people who said they were suicidal and they watched the Wild Man video and they decided not to kill themselves. And Dang. It, it, it boggles your mind to think about the effects that, that it's ha having on people out there when it's reaching so many people. And I feel blessed, you know, even though I did have the problems with the YouTube algorithm, I do feel blessed that YouTube has given me this opportunity to reach so many people and get stories out there and impact people's lives. And it, it's just karmically, you know, being an ecstasy trafficker, I did put people on the road of drug use and I saw the horror of what drug use led to in the prison more than half of them had hepatitis C from showing dirty needles, yellow jaundice skin, teeth rotting out. And I'm hoping that I'm restoring my karma now. I do yoga and I'm hoping that I'm restoring my karma now by helping people, not, not just inspiring people, but also, you know, when I got out of prison, people helped me on their platforms and I didn't have any followers and people have come on my platform and they've had people reach out to them, help them relocate they've got book deals and these are guys who got out of prison who didn't have anything in their lives and they let me know how it's really transformed their lives so i feel blessed that i'm in this position to be able to create that good karma yeah those so, messages do count and they do mean something i mean to everybody watching um because when you are somewhat of a public figure you, you actually put your face and your name out there it can be a little scary sometimes and, and I think people forget we are all actually just human beings. We're individuals with feelings and emotions. And uh, that's why it was so nice to unplug for the internet there in Hawaii for a while, just to get away from it because, you know, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of negativity and people can be really nasty, but the, the, the nice messages and the messages you get from people from your past who are like, you know, I don't publicly post that I watch your stuff, but I do watch your stuff and I really appreciate everything you do. And I know you wade into some dark waters and talk mm. about some really scary stuff, but you know, people send you the message that they appreciate it. So that does feel good when you get that, Sean. I definitely know what you're saying. But what we tend to do as human beings is give the negative too much focus. So the trolls manage to suck your attention and your, your lifeblood out of you. So yeah. you got to, for me, i got to constantly remind myself. <laughs> I hammered look, some look of at your all trolls. the positive stuff that's coming in all day long. Yeah, focus on the positive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, Sean, put, I put uh, some of my trolls on Sean's trolls to get <laughs> make them fight each other. I, I won't do it much, but if I have to, I will summon the power of 4chan autism to get on somebody's case. <laughs> it's not it's not something I go to automatically, but I was like, yeah, this calls for it. You can't yeah, Sean, there's not much Thanks. more inspiring than someone who has a life story that can relate to what they're talking about you know like i mean with me it, whatever i say is just whatever it is because I, I haven't been a veteran or I haven't been in prison and you know so someone who actually goes through that system and then really works to expose it and try to change people's lives i don't think there is anything much more inspiring than that i mean i was in a dark place psychologically with the drugs involved in a lot of crazy activity you know that i could have died but, and then it's like an invisible hand picked me up and took me away from that lifestyle and put me in a place where I had to grow up as a human being 
and learn these lessons and then go in a, on a trajectory that I never would have anticipated when I was in that cell in Max Security, you know, watching the cockroaches just run all over the place. I never would have comprehended, you know, I'm good. 10 years from now, uh, 20 years from now, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Perhaps I would have wished that it was even more extreme to get even better stories out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how fate can just transform your life. I took that line from Braveheart from in the film, William Wallace's father, that says, we don't have to beat them. We just have to fight them. Like you have to make it hard enough so they don't expand the abuse they're doing. And that was me before the internet, knowing there's no chance to beat them, but I'm going to fight them anyway. And then when suddenly there was a way to put videos out and blog and things like that, I said, well, I, well I'm going to do that. I've already got all these rants saved up <laughs> you know? but the censorship i don't think it's gonna last i think like we're going through a, a dip uh you know i i was the canary in the coal mine and getting banned in 2005 from myspace 2008 from the first YouTube pioneer in censorship yeah i guess so hooray <laughs> but someone had the trailblaze because everyone else starts getting banned and because so many viable channels got banned they boiled the frog too quickly you could say is why there's a bit shooting an Odyssey and a Rumble and a VK and now Substack and so on, where we're not going to need Patreon and Facebook and Twitter and stuff anymore. Like the market solution is coming. And if they, they had monopolies, all they had to do is stop censoring people and nobody would, why would you leave YouTube and start something else? Yeah. Only if you have to, right? Yeah. Well, lots of people have to now because they are like us and saying, well, I'm going to talk about COVID or I'm going to talk about Epstein. Or, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, because it's the right thing to do. And so they're, they're creating competitors. And I feel like the threat of, like, because Sean could go to Odyssey is why they brought him back to YouTube. If there was no competitor, they'd be like, F you, buddy. What are yeah, you going right. to do? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the beauty of capitalism. I mean, I, I've heard Peter Schiff yep. talk about how a free market, there's nothing wrong with a free market monopoly because that means whatever that business is, is doing the best job for the lowest price and is treating its employees well. Like the reason competition is good is because if a business is shitty, something else will do better than it. And you're seeing that happen because you're right. Like YouTube was great. And then, I mean, they've just gone too far. Yeah, they just <laughs> fucked yeah. it up. So. Yeah. Well, I think we were things are about to turn around. I'm on Substack now and I'm I'm helping build up the Odysseys and bit shoots and stuff, not only for myself, but for everyone that you know that's now in this situation. But I still would like to get my YouTube channel back, even if just for a day. So all my everyone that doesn't know where I am, I could say, Hey, we're on Odyssey, and here's the address. Come over right now, you know, even if it was one day. Because yeah. that's the, what sucks. Losing all the subscribers and all those videos, like I would have deleted the videos because i have them copied somewhere but losing that subscription list really sucked took well, ryan, we, half we, my ryan, life <laughs> we, we, we could we could get you on talking about something safe or you, we could just get you on just talking about announcing, yeah. announcing that you've got odyssey. Uh, uh, something on odyssey yeah 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 it'd be great like i have a backup backup youtube channel but what i do is i live stream at the end of the stream it's hanging I've, by a string right now. I, yeah, I saved it and then I delete it and I have the copy go to Odyssey and BitChute because that's how I have to do now. But yeah. I had so many subs. I I, I think probably fourteen or fifteen thousand of that eighty came from Sean. Like because I kept if, if doing you come if stuff. you come on our Patreon talking about McAfee, 
and do a yeah. little bit just saying that you've got a um odyssey we'll take the odyssey bit out and put it on youtube with your with a link to your channel to your oh, that would be channel. sweet i would love yeah. to build it up whatever we could do man because you know you if they really... can if that audience can get on team youtube and twitter and say hey this guy got a race in january and he wasn't doing anything like whatever we can try things but um i got a cool nygaard story that is something i didn't bring up when i was on because i wasn't sure of it and i didn't want to like get it wrong but i actually met him without knowing it when i found out because uh, I went back and listened to Kai and stuff, and he was at Marina Del Rey and playing volleyball, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy. Because very few people have a mullet, right? And he had a big <laughs> mullet. And I used to, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I used to go fishing for mullets. It was a site called mulletsgalore.com, and you would try to get good specimen and make a funny comment. So you could find, like, a ginger mullet or a female mullet or, you know, you go to Walmart and it would always be some. So we used to go fishing for mullets galore and put things on there. And so anytime I saw a mullet, I would just be like, oh, just, you know, I'd notice that. And we had this mullet around the uh, the city club in Marina Del Rey where Peter stayed sometimes. And we just call him leathered biker guy because he'd walk around in pink shorts and he had like super tan skin and he was old and didn't care. He was kind of good shape, bad a belly. It was Peter Nygaard. I had read about this dude so much, but I'd never seen what he looked like. I had got off a flight from Japan from hell that went to China and then got stuck and all this. So my buddy's like, come to the city club, go to the sauna, da, da, da. He let me do all the amenities. And this mullet guy comes into the sauna, sits like four feet away from me. It was him. He was right there. You know, I was in a room naked with Peter Nygaard. <laughs> And escaped unscathed. So I'm one of the only people who could say that. Oh, <laughs> it was him. Top, he was right the there. And, uh, of the one percent. He was right there. I didn't say anything to him. I was like, "Oh man, that mullet guy is in the sauna." Oh, and I was, I was like, trying not to laugh because I like, I like narrated stuff about mullets, like when he was walking around and everything. And it was cool. Peter at the time. I thought, man, if this guy knew who I was, <laughs> all this shit that I've written about him. <laughs> How long ago was this, Ryan? What year was this? That was it was six years ago or something. It was when he's in Marina Del Rey. I get my all my trips to LA are a blur because I'm only there like one or two days. I could try to get out of California as fast as possible, but it's like the closest part to Japan because Hawaii and Guam are too expensive. So I like would break up my trip because I'd come from either DC or Carolina all the way to Japan, and I'd have to stop in California because there's a big difference between 11 hours and 15. Like that last four hours on the plane, I'm starting to like lose mm. it. So yeah, yeah I'd always no, stop Sean, there. Sean, is it true? Or, oh, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna have to go at the hour, but um, if if people have got any questions in the in the chat for us, perhaps should we take some questions or? Yeah, there's See, been a this couple, guy's professional. Uh, he knows. <laughs> I wanted to ask you quickly, Sean. Are you not allowed in the United States? I am banned from America for life. Oh man! Oh, you should come man. to Japan when the Rona thing. I tried to get in Japan, and I can't get in Japan either. You can't. Oh, for, not from Corona, just from the jail. From having a Interpol uh, drug conviction on my Interpol oh, record. Man. How about South Korea? We can meet over there. I we might tried, come to. We uh, tried uh, Hong I'll Kong. Come to the UK. Hong Kong, get in Hong Kong. Couldn't get in Hong Kong either. Damn. Yeah, yeah I want to do pints with you and David Ike Sean sometime. 
Come out, Isle, man. Isle of Wight somewhere. <laughs> Come out. Isle of Wight's not far from where I'm based in Surrey. Are you allowed you... to uh, Dublin? Can you go to Ireland? Yeah, UK. I can go UK and Europe, yeah. All right. To go to Northern Ireland, yeah. All right. Well, I might go to the UK again. I might have to go to Google again once all this Rona stuff. Oh, I'd love to get you guys out here in the studio running around London filming. It'd be fantastic. So oh, this yeah. one isn't really a question. <laughs> it just says, this video has been flagged as a threat to the public good. Please line up against the wall. Don't turn around. Keep looking at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we need we need the wall, Read Walls work. It's so important to have a wall. Okay? I've, I've always said it, Sean. Marshall Forward says the Fakertarians are already clipping this. So I don't even know if you know who that is, Ryan. Those are the people. Oh, yeah, because uh, when I was on Break the Cycle, they, they oh, yeah. sent them a letter about the Them Every Time video. They oh, clipped so the, the beginning and ending off the video. Yeah. But, you know, I said the J word, but I'd said Zionist like 50 times. And any other group, when we talk about the Kurds, the Russians, the Saudis, you don't have to be like, well, not all Russians. Like, you fucking know what I'm talking about. And they, they don't care. They're just looking for, you know. They're trying to get him fired. I don't know if he told you, but they like wrote a letter to try to get oh, him. Yeah. They yeah. did the same thing to Dave Smith and any oh, yeah. any place I go. Yeah. And that's the funny thing. Dave and uh, uh, Josh are both, you know, Jewish. So it's kind of funny yeah. that <laughs> they're accusing them of being anti Semitic. So is my co host. <laughs> yeah. uh, people act like having a chance to have a conversation with Hitler is something you could say no to. Yeah, that's my point. Like, the, I mean, the idea yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I would talk to anyone that the conversation would be interesting. Like people, the idea that anyone you have a conversation with, it's an endorsement of everything they've ever said or what they think is just ridiculous. I don't know where that comes from. It's the collectivist thinking. You know, it's a, it's just a chance to browbeat and say, what a good boy am I? I canceled somebody. See, we none of us grew up like that, but a lot of these kids grew up with cancel culture like getting it was it's a power trip say like oh i got you kicked off a instant messenger or whatever you know i I wrecked that person it's this whole culture of like pwned and owned and all this stuff and arguing online stuff they could never do in real life because these people are all you know they wouldn't do they're they're all cowards (laughs) so sean what's next what's next for you what are you working on right now what's in the pipeline for you oh my goodness so we have to pivot so we've got some (laughs) new ideas that are going to be put into play i am going to be going around some of the neighborhoods of london the most dangerous neighborhoods of london with my cameraman getting out oh you're going you're going to the royal palace you mean <laughs> Alright, maybe you'll uh, go get some pizza with this guy. You know? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Westminster so, is high on the list, actually. So yeah, you're, you're, so you're going around to some dangerous neighborhoods and just checking them out and like highlighting them and stuff. Just like talking to people on the streets, meeting homeless people, things like that. We're going to be going, you know, just freestyling on the streets of London, seeing how that nice. goes. Because I recently did the Jack the Ripper tour where we went around London, and people said they want to see me out of the house doing things. Hmm. So I think we could start in London. I've got a guy I work with out of the Sinaloa cartel, OG Shadow. He's invited us to go out to Sinaloa, speak to some oh. cartel guys. I love how you say that all nonchalantly. He's a good mate of mine. He's a great guy. He makes great tea. <laughs> <laughs> so I could see that really branching out, going, going to different locations around the world. Plus, I'd like to see 
some parts of the world as well from the in the countries that I'm not banned from. Getting right. banned from countries. So at, at, would, <laughs> at would on the street, out in the world, doing cool things. We've got our true crime podcast, which is consistently we're doing two to three a week. And um, my co-defendant in the criminal enterprise, the prosecutor ranked us all in order because it was yeah, it was the Atwood Enterprise, so I was at the top. But Wildman was number three. It was actually his girlfriend, Wild Woman, was number two. Some people more scared of her than him. So <laughs> we've, 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 she's finally told us her story, and we're going to premiere that if the YouTube premiere function is working by I love how they met. Saturday on Saturday. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Wild man just comes up, this girl's with this guy, and he just walks up to the both of them and is like, you're with me now, and tells the other guy to scram. <laughs> oh, no, that was the stripper woman that he got with in, a, in, uh, in Tempe. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't Wild Woman. That's another, well, she was a wild, wild woman. woman was his missus. He'd left back in, in England. He told her that he'd gone to the shop to buy a bottle of milk and jumped on a plane to Arizona to, to go and... <laughs> So, Ryan, speaking of being banned from countries, are you banned from Israel or do you think you could go there if you want? Oh, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. He could move yeah. there. He's going to be a settler. <laughs> I might be banned from a lot of European nations too, just based on accusation, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could not. I would never go there anyway. They'd probably shoot well, me. Know, so. But yeah, we could do an interview on this. This is pretty safe. Second oh yeah. Um, audiobooks out by the way. Separation Business Estate. So, uh, oh nice. Yeah, I got to get a hard copy of that. So since uh, Sean's got to go, let's uh, let's do plugs here. But uh, just before we do, I just want to tell everyone. Yeah, please go over and follow me on Odyssey. Follow Ryan on Odyssey. I don't know. You're not over there yet, right, Eric? Or no, I'm not on there yet, but I'll, you know, I'll, as Trump says, I'll take a look. I'll definitely take a look. Yeah, I can set you up with the guys who run it, so it'll be super easy. But yeah, all of you, I can, I can plug your Odyssey on my BitChute. I still have like eighteen thousand on BitChute. It's not that big, but it's a nice way. If you're starting to zero, that'll help. Yeah, yeah. But I want, I want to thank everyone for coming on. I love doing these. These are the highlight of my life. Doing the Four Horsemen every month. Uh, and Eric and Ryan, you guys are like my brothers now. I just love this, so I'm just happy to do it. Um, and Sean, thank you so much for coming on. And Eric, th uh, Ryan, thanks for hooking us up. Um, Eric, but, you yeah. gotta, you gotta do your Sean Atwood cockroaches impression in front of Sean before, <laughs> before well, I, can't, I can't allow that to slide as a cactus rape Pepsi. And then, then give us your plug afterward, Eric. So get, do, do the impression. <laughs> this is, he's so good at these. So. Well, hello, Sean Atwood here at the top of the hour. <laughs> We're going to be joined by Mr. Ryan Dawson. And I'm going to talk about some stories from my cell in Arizona where I saw a cockroach that looked like Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> it's like, true scale, true scale. Northern accent. Sean, Sean Atwood here. Top, top of the hour, we got David Icke. He's going to be shifting in and out of lizard form. <laughs> well, you, you, thank you for having me on, guys. And, um, if you, you didn't come take... on, we were going to fake the whole thing with Eric Jackman. Do you want me to take a few safe clips out of this interview, put them on my channel, and send Absolutely. some viewers, send some viewers be over? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Um, yeah, all my stuff, Jackman Radio on YouTube. Um, I'm at, I'd have I'm to at... blur out my name. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Brian and, uh, won't be talking on those clips. Don't worry. I'll just, I'll just be like this the whole time. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, my Facebook got cucked. The Jackman Radio Facebook was taken down, but I'm still on Twitter and I'm uh, big on Instagram. I'm on Instagram every day at Senator Jackman and Jackman Radio, and I do have a Patreon. And uh, yeah, Sean, this was amazing, man. I've been a big, like I said, not to fanboy too much, but been a big fan of yours for a while. And I love what you do. So keep keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can stay in touch. And I'd love to have you on my show sometime. Absolutely. And I do want to come. I do want to come to England for pints with you and David Icke. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a we got a plan of four horsemen trip, fellas. That'd be Absolutely. great. We'll love yeah, we, guys we're talking Ryan at like the the LP convention or something, the Libertarian Party convention. We should like. Have you, me, and Eric, and then when like every te- do an hour long show and every ten I'm minutes, blare we just wrestling rotate. entrance music. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> dun, dun, All right, dun. I'm gonna go and have my vegetarian Sunday dinner. There you go, Sunday roast. <laughs> vegetarian meal and some yoga. Get your karma right. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again. Huge thank you for anything I can do for you. Just let me know. All right, thanks, Sean. Thanks. I'll talk to you on Skype later. Or take care. Cheerio. Toodaloo. Bye bye. <laughs> Ta-ta.